0: emotions are not to be feared they'll come they'll go there's no one way to feel when your family is changing in the blend is a podcast series
1: that helps parents navigate life within a blended family join me as i speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics, and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Welcome back to In The Blend. Well, today I have the pleasure of being joined by Rachel Brace. Rachel is not just a registered psychologist, but also a passionate children's book author. She's penned two thought-provoking books, Max's Divorce Earthquake and Harriet's Expanding Heart, and has another one on the horizon. She also has a keen interest in stepfamilies and supporting children and families who are adjusting to divorce and shared care arrangements. During our chat, we draw on her extensive experience working with children to learn about the inspiration for her books, the way that they can be used to help children navigate the complexities of what's going on around them, and also as a tool to help parents and caregivers initiate conversations about often difficult family topics. It was such a delight chatting with Rachel. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Okay, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely to have you here.
0: Thanks for the invitation.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure. Uh, As I was just saying, I love it when I, I meet a fellow Aussie who's got a keen interest in the space. Yes. So, Rachel, to begin, let's dive into your journey as a children's book author. What led you to write books? that address the complex issues of divorce and family
0: transitions? Oh, I think, first of all, like I have a love of reading. Um, always had a love of reading. Inan Blyton was one of my favourite uh, authors uh, growing up. And I really do believe it is one of the most single, most important things that we can do with young kids, be it our own kids or other people's kids. And so I guess knowing how much I got out of books as a kid, knowing how important reading is for kids, I really have always liked the idea of uh, writing something and then the opportunity didn't really present itself or I didn't really get motivated to do something about kind of that that, that wish uh, until I started working in the area of uh, family law and divorce and breakdown and parents repartnering. And that kind of led me into going, you know what, I think I have a story that might benefit kids who are going through all of those family changes? And I think one morning, my husband just walked into uh, the office, and I was madly typing away. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like it's seven o'clock on a Saturday morning." And I'm like, "I'm writing a book," <laughs> and that's kind of um, well. I said, "Maybe I said, I'm writing a story uh, that turned into a book," and so that's kind of how I ended up. I ended up there. I love it. That
1: is very cool. So, your books. Max's Divorce Earthquake and Harriet's Expanding Heart, so two books you've written so far, they both explore sensitive topics of sorts. So can you share what inspired you to tackle these themes and what you aim to achieve with both of the books?
0: Yeah, I guess, look, one-third of Australian marriages, um, well, I guess one-third of all Australian children will witness their parents separation and then of that number close to half will see the demise of their parents second marriage so there's a lot of children in australia and and, and worldwide that are experiencing family breakdown and parental separation and are also experiencing changes to their family when when parents fall in love again and 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 repartner and so those themes are connected to my professional work as a therapist Mm -hmm. um, and the work that i do as a single expert for the family court and i guess when I was working with kids, I really kind of wanted something that I could help, that I could read with the kids or that I could recommend to their parents that just spoke to the emotions or the variety of emotions because there's you know no one way to feel and no one emotion when people and family go through that. So I wanted a book that I could use, that I could recommend confidently to, to others that didn't really talk to the process uh, that adults go through when they separate and that just said, look, here are... Ha- this is how you might recognize some of the feelings and this is what some of those feelings might be and it's kind of okay this is normal um and so that's kind of what led me to to writing the books in this area it's because it's what i know and it's the the families and the children that i work with were going through this Mm. And in terms of your
1: background in psychology and your extensive experience that you've had working yeah. with children and families, was that very much yeah. the impetus then for, for um, putting together these stories and um, assuming that expertise has really influenced your approach <laughs> <laughs> to how you've gone about writing these as well?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's what I know and it's that I was really lucky I guess to have work with some in, in a professional sense, support some children who, who were able to give me some really good insights into what it was like for them and that, that there were a lot of themes that kept popping up in their in their therapy sessions, you know, about the, the world is just shaking and it doesn't seem to, to to stop moving, you know, and things about it just, it's going to feel like this forever because when you're stuck in that moment it quite often feels like you're never going to move, move through it. So that kind of stuff was all just swirling around in, in, in my head and one of the things that I noticed in my professional, you know, life was kids just needed language to be able to talk about that stuff, and and once they had the language and the vocabulary and the reassurances that they were not the only kid going through this, you know, there, there were other kids as well, and and it was kind of a normal thing uh, that then really influenced how I approached the story and the feelings and I guess the the body expressions of those feelings that I incorporated in the story. So yeah, I think my background as a psychologist, that my background in working with the kids going through these events uh, really did yeah, I couldn't have written the stories without mm. that. And coming back to
1: some of the challenges that the children and your professional experience have been presenting with as they're experiencing these family yeah. changes. Could you perhaps yeah. provide a couple of examples or, or shed light on some of the challenges and how your books might specifically address some of those common challenges as well?
0: Yeah, I guess but whether it's divorce or even a uh, Step family formation it can create a level of emotional turmoil for both kids and adults. You know different types of emotional turmoil and different levels, but there's a lot of feelings that come to the forefront for both adults and and children are absolutely no different. So if you think about feelings of loss or anger or confusion, anxiety, um, and grief and loss are obviously right up there. That's a really stressful and emotional time for for kids going through that. So I guess in terms of the challenges that that raises for kids is that they're going to be quite sensitive and be overwhelmed quite quickly because they're already coping with a lot. Uh, It's the loss of the only life they've ever known for a lot of kids, you know. It's the loss of daily or or guess, predictable access to both parents, Mm -hmm. which sometimes as grown-ups, we don't always, you know, think about that because we're more than happy not to see that Mm. person (laughs) (laughs) ever, ever again, you know. But, But for kids... whatever the state of the parental relationship right they're used to waking up in the morning or at some point during the day being able to see both parents Mm -hmm. or have contact with both parents or that parent having a presence in the home even if they're away for work or you know away in, in some other capacity so I think that's challenges for kids and just adapting to that you know you get the basic financial hardships that are commonplace if you're running two homes mm. or you are following a divorce and separation and that can have a flow on effect for children as well because perhaps they're not able to do all of the extracurricular activities that they want because the money's just not there or you know Christmas they don't get all the gifts that they want um or because it's not celebrated in the same way because, again, the money's just not there. And in that, they also then have to deal with parents who are understandably a lot more stressed or frazzled than what they might normally be. Uh, And so that creates a different set of challenges for kids if all of a sudden they weren't allowed to do something but because mum or dad is a little bit preoccupied, they are now allowed to do something. That that, that can also offer a level of confusion for kids and they're trying to wrangle out, uh, wangle, figure out what this new world order kind of looks like. So, you know... It, there are a lot of challenges that comes for kids. I could go on and on and on and on, but you know those 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 would be some of the key ones I think, or the key themes for kids that are facing family breakdown. Mm, definitely, especially if it's at the start
1: of that journey, as well when yep. some of those yeah, <laughs> yes
0: issues are heightened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because we know, like the research tells us, that it takes anywhere between, say, one to three years for family to adjust Mm -hmm. post-separation, certainly for kids. And that, it's a long time frame. And some of that relates to the type of uh, breakdown that parents might have. And I always be careful to say it's a parental separation, I guess, because it's the parents that are separating. It's not... Uh, and the flow-on effect of that is, is the family separates. But yes. yeah, the, the parents aren't necessarily divorcing their yes. kids. Yes, um, so you know it's a long period of adjustment. And if a family is in court, is in court, or the parents are fighting, um, it's going to take longer for kids and families to adjust post that that separation. Mm. And then we also know for step families as well, it can take up to seven years, between five to seven years, I think the research tells us, to uh, for a family to find its kind of even keel. Um, that's a long time as well. And, and different variables will play a part into how quickly or how fast um, families find their equilibrium. Definitely.
1: I had a previous guest on the podcast before who said something that stuck with me, which was, you are not divorcing. As parents, and I think that's a really nice way to just echo what you were talking about then. But even mm. though that relationship ends, that parental responsibility needs to live on. So it's about optimizing yeah that. Mm.
0: It is, yeah. You might you might stop being husband and wife, but you'll you won't stop being mum and dad, or mum or mum or, or dad or dad or whatever that combination is. Yes. You know, but but that that has to persist. Well after a marriage and, a, and an intimate relationship might end, and and that can be really difficult for parents for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And j-
1: uh, just to piggyback off that idea about the the difficulty for parents, I think one of the things mm-hmm. that is challenging for parents is to initiate conversations about these topics. So. I'd love any advice you might have on effectively using either the story as tools for these discussions Mm. or or other ways to help parents initiate them with their kids.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like it's really hard to start a difficult conversation, especially if it's not just a difficult conversation for the child, but for a parent or an adult who's grappling with their own feelings around it, um, it's really hard to know where to start. So I think it's really great that there are books. There's a lot more books now than what there used to be about sensitive topics, be it, you know, death of a parent, divorce or separation, family repartnering. Um, But I think for parents, you find a book that is going to appeal to your kids. So it has to have a picture that they can relate to or a storyline or a theme or something that's going to appeal to your child. Um, If you can find that book then you just you introduce it into reading time most kids or most families uh, at some point have reading time with their kids be it right before they go to bed or um, on a Sunday morning when the kids have jumped into bed with you or or at some other point during the day maybe it's after school as part of their kind of homework kind of uh, ritual so if you can find some time where you can just sit down close together, where it's relatively quiet, where you need distractions, you can just introduce that book as part of that. And I think you can encourage for younger children, you know, get them involved in that process, encourage them to hold the book themselves, turn the pages point to things in the illustrations and ask them to describe what they're seeing. Um, And then as the story progresses, you can just gently talk about what's happening within the story. So say for Max's divorce earthquake, um, you can talk about Max and what's happening for him. And then you can just gently ask whether or not they have ever felt like that. Um, And the answer from a child's perspective isn't the important part. What a parent's doing is just gently starting to introduce a conversation about some of those difficult uh, topics. Um, And I think one of the things I always say to parents is, is don't be afraid of silence, right? You know, if you ask a question and there's, there's not an answer, that's okay. You don't need to prompt the child to um, answer or force them to have an answer because you're planting a seed. And ultimately it's providing a space for maybe your child to reflect on the story, to think about things differently, to compare themselves to, to kind of what's, what's happening for the main character and, um, And in doing that, um, a parent's doing all that they need to do. Um, So, you know, you don't have to read the story from cover to cover sometimes to get the benefits of of that uh, because a good picture book, the illustration should add to the story, not just be a verbatim of of what the words are saying. So sometimes even just exploring the illustrations uh, can uh, start a difficult conversation. Um, and that's going to be a benefit to 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 a child mm, definitely. And your books are targeted at the four to eight year old age group thereabouts. Is that correct, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, four, four to seven or eight. Um, I think it depends on the child's uh, situation, their maturity and their reading level as well. Like I have read uh, the books through with some nine, eight and nine-year-olds who um, I've seen kind of professionally and receive favorable feedback from them. And then there's been others, you know, nine-year-olds who will f- tell you that it's too young for them. But it's quite interesting. They're still listening, or you know, if you're reading it to their little brother or sister, mm. um, every so often they pop up with something, and you're like, "You were listening. <laughs> like, you, you did get something out of it." So, yeah, but certainly for that that uh, pre uh, preschool, mm. early primary school age. Yes.
1: So let's talk a little bit about step families. And assuming that a child who's gone through a divorce is now in a situation where one parent might have repartnered, yeah. maybe remarried, and they yep. might have some stepbrothers and sisters. What unique dynamics in your experience
0: have you found yep. that, that step families bring? There's a lot of difference between first time families and, and step families. and I think one of the big differences is that first- time families share a single history of becoming a family. The couple's relationship gen- commences before kids are there, uh, the kids are involved or even on the picture um, or thought about. So they move through that journey into becoming parents together. Um, and kids in a first- time family, when they're born, they're primed for attachment to both parents and vice versa. That doesn't happen in step families, you know, and step families are ultimately born from loss and disruption, which sounds an awful way to <laughs> start something, but <laughs> right, but 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 we can't get around the fact that grief is quite often the theme of the family's a step family's origin story, and so that has some implications for how we approach it and how the adults need to approach it, uh, and that. Is something that first time families don't don't have to deal with. Mm. I think the one of the biggest thing for step families is there's this insider outsider dynamic. There's this, uh, and it happens for adults and for children where there's always somebody that might be feeling left out um, or excluded, be it a child who is only uh, a member of that household. Um, 50% of the time or is a weekend visitor into that household and they come into that household to spend time with their parent. and there's other kids who are not biologically related to their parent who get to spend more time with their parent than what they do um, and they have to fit into those rituals that they might not. Be familiar with, or you know, their, their step siblings used to sitting in the front seat of the car and they want to sit in the front seat of the car. So there's those types of challenges for kids. And then you get the poor old step parent who has walking a tightrope about how they might manage a difficult or challenging situation because they don't get the family joke. They don't get the inside joke that, that is happening between their partner um, and, and their partner's child. So, you know, there's there's that dynamic that is very prevalent um, and it pops up however established a step family is. And then loyalty binds, I think, is another uh, situation which, you know, is really difficult for children in step families. Families, um, even when their parents' relationship is amicable, but especially if their parents' relationship post separation is highly conflicted and full of animosity, mm.
1: I think you've very nicely summarised the challenges there. Being in a <laughs> being in a step family, myself, I just I totally <laughs> identify with those, and I think um, I think yeah. there, there can really easily be that feeling of. Of us and them, if you like, and um, yeah. and that that can take yeah. place across all sorts of different relationships and dynamics. But yeah, I think I think you you, yeah. you captured that nicely. So yeah. coming back to the books, uh, and I'm still in awe that you yeah. have time to write these books on the side as well, Rachel. Knowing this is you've got a day job um, that you're doing in, in the background there as well. But have you got any? Other exciting projects or new books in the works that you're thinking about? Yes, I've got
0: a book that is currently with the illustrator, or a third children's book that's currently with the illustrator at the moment, and hopefully will be available for purchase sometime in the first half of next year. Um, And it's called Millie's Parent Airport, um, and it is about transitions and changeovers that that children living in shared care um, arrangements uh, experience. And it kind of came from the idea that. You know, when you've got children, be they are living in a solo parent household or a step family um, situation, but they're living and moving across two homes. And every reunion with one much loved parent is also a separation from an equally loved parent. So that theme of each hello is also a goodbye, and the emotions that that can generate for even the most resilient kids. You know, changeovers and moving all the time can be can be a really um, Uh, challenging I guess is is the word I'm looking for but but, but in various levels it can be challenging for kids Mm, definitely definitely so the book so the book provides
1: a a story that children in that situation can relate to through identifying the, the backwards and forwards
0: yeah, it uses the analogy, which I was really lucky. I had a beautifully articulate nine-year-old uh, that I used to work with a very, very, very long time ago. And he had an, he, he was trying to explain to me what it was like for him moving and living between two homes. Um, and he used an analogy of it being like at the arrival and the departure gates of an international airport at, simultaneously. So, you know, if you think about the melting pot of emotions and feelings that see i mean that final scene in love actually kind of sums it up <laughs> the movie love actually right you know it 's a melting pot of emotions and and it 's that idea uh, for the main character Millie um that every time she is moving between her homes it 's like being at her own. International uh, parent airport as she uh, moves or flies um, between uh, her two parents' homes. Mm,
1: I think that's fantastic. Um, And I love that analogy. (laughs) I'm really impressed that a nine year old's come up with that. That's a great, oh, I know it's a great analogy. Um, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Are you able to share with us any of, yeah. <laughs> any of the specific strategies that you would recommend for children who are perhaps struggling somewhat with that conflict uh, of the backwards and forwards?
0: Yeah I, yeah I think if it's the actual transition because transitions are moving from one thing to another um, are difficult for kids for any number of reasons so it normally is uh, a way of helping them develop some strategies to kind of calm their nerves uh, to calm the anxiety or to quell their thoughts so in the story Millie has a little a little rhyme that as she's just you know she says one two three four uh, monkeys rainbows unicorns breathe in Breathe out. So she's got something uh, that she uses to help her uh, monitor her breathing. So that breathe in to the counter four, breathe out to the counter four. And we know that that automatically uh, helps to calm nerves, to help regulate our heart rate. Um, and for her, she in the story, you see her reciting that to, to herself and, and uh, there's a beautiful illustration kind of that Angela has done that goes with it of a little girl breathing and uh, sniffing a flower and then blowing out um, some candles on a cake. Mm, beautiful.
1: Um, Rachel, we're almost at time here. So to wrap it up, what are some of the key messages or – takeaways that
0: you hope both children and adults as well would gain from reading your books? I guess one of the the, the big things is that, you know, emotions are not to be feared. You know, even the most uncomfortable uh, emotions, um, they're not to be feared. They'll come, they'll go, and that uh, there's no one way to feel when your family is changing. Uh, there's no right way to feel. There's no wrong way to feel. And you'll probably feel a lot of different feelings um, over the space of of, of time. Uh, and I guess to flip away from the, I'm big on emotional coaching. You might you might have figured that out. <laughs> but uh, you know, books and reading should also be fun. So while books are very useful in supporting children uh, going through sensitive topics. They shouldn't be the only books that that parents read to them. Um, They should just be part of a repertoire and and part of a selection of books uh, that that parents and carers can can read alongside their kids. Mm. Well, I'm so glad that you have penned
1: a few books to add to that repertoire, Rachel, and address (laughs) these very sensitive but, but important topics for young kids. Just lastly, how can our listeners connect with you? and get a hold of your books
0: and uh, your other resources? Yeah, so uh, you can purchase the books directly from me via my website, which is www.kinshipbooks.com. Um, they are also available online at, at other major bookstores or selected bookstores and Uh, a lot of other bookstores also hold them in the brick and mortar stores as well and you can connect with me via facebook or instagram um i think my handle is at kinship books um and yeah that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me and to find out a little bit more about the books and about all the issues that i've kind of touched on today
1: fantastic thank you so much rachel and we will absolutely link to all of that in the show notes thanks again for your time brilliant thanks laura Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn.